Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Consistently making your East Coast-based fan base stay up starting from 10 p.m., and then going through overtime and shootouts and then ultimately losing is objectively funny. Uh, <laughs> I got to hand it to him there. Uh, I think really making the people who decide, all right, I'm not even going to try on this one and just going to bed uh, look smart. What's up, everybody? What's brewing? It's the Bruins and Bruins podcast. Hey, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and uh, PWHL Boston Diehards, soon to have a name. Um, DraftKings is a sponsor. Use code THPN. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I'm Drew. I'm here with Chris. Here with Cam. What's up, fellas? Yo, yo, yo. Yo, the dream yo. is always funny. <laughs> um, uh, we were about to start, and then y'all got up to get some drinks. So, anyone have anything they want to feature before we get into some Boston Bruins hockey? Gold Peak sweet tea in a uh, Kona ice uh, temperature sensing cup. Um, temperature. I like that. It's temperature sensing. The mountains turn. Blue. Doesn't just change. You can sense it's- it. Yeah. yeah, it senses whether it's cold or not. It doesn't actually change. Uh, no, it's uh, one of those silly cups that they give you at the like shaved ice place that uh, Isabel really wanted the color-changing cups. So we got them. Um, yeah, uh, tasteability. It tastes like tea and sugar. Um, give it a 20. Uh, drinkability, 20. Nice. 2020, baby. Very nice. What a year. What vision. Yeah, 2020 vision. Cameron. Or uh, Cam. I'm drinking uh, a tessellation here from Lone Pine Brewing Company. As uh, Drew was able to scope out before the episode, I was pretty impressed with that through the through the cameras we have I set up. the Tess. Mm-hmm. Tessie. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> we only have 15 seconds of that, Drew. Uh, no, this is good. It's... um. Checking it at a very respectable, I believe it's 8.1%. Yep, there it is. Uh, nice New England style, very hazy IPA, uh, nice color to it. For Drink 8%, 8%, it's still pretty drinkable. It doesn't, it's not overly hoppy. Um, you know, you can definitely tell it's an IPA, but it's not, uh, it's not too tough to get down, even if you're not necessarily an IPA fan, I would imagine. So 
very good beer, not overly citrusy, um, nothing crazy standing out about it, but, but very reliable. Drinkability is going to be, mm, I'm going to say an 18. Uh, tasteability is going to be a 25. Good stuff. Shouts to, uh, shouts to Lone Pine Hell and yeah. their Mosaic Double India Pale Ale Desolation. I here have something that's been in my fridge for over a year. Um, it is the last of this bunch and no one drank it because we all had some at like some get together and everyone had like one or maybe half and was like, this is shit. Why did we get these? Um, so without further ado, great advertisement for Fruit Smash. Super hard seltzer. It's an 8% seltzer. Uh, <laughs> Aren't those like the really sweet ones? Flavored. This is like a, it's like a double IPA of seltzers. It's weird. I honestly forget. <laughs> um, but you can follow them at Fruit Smash and use the hashtag sorry for seltzering. <laughs> That's oh, a good choice. Yeah. So uh, I'm just taking one sip of this and then I'm switching to a chai tea latte from Starbucks because I'm fancy. <laughs> that was oh, a great look, Drew. <laughs> it's just like straight. Actually, I won't. <laughs> Come back for more. I might. Nope, it just it just hit my nose. All right. Tasteability, 37% or 37, not percent. Jesus Christ. Uh, you can like taste the alcohol under the pineapple, uh, which is just not great. I don't think seltzers were made to be over 5%. Um, drinkability, I, I'm going to say it's not as bad as I expected, so I'll give it like a 9. 9 out of 37, but still, just, uh, yeah, don't. Don't do it. I think anything over a dairy. five, you should be legally required to finish it. I think like if you're if you're checking it at a nine, you know, I think that's... I already feel it in my stomach right now, like a burning <laughs> sensation. It's just it's like battery acid. <laughs> that's a glowing review. Yep. Uh, follow them at Fruit Smash and told them we did not send you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we I we've talked about it a bit, but not super much i suppose um bruins just i don't know they keep something keeps happening in that third period and then they can't get it done in ot and, and the shootout um they're uh they're eight and 14 when they hit overtime three and three in the shootout what are your guys's thoughts about this whole scenario and where do you point fingers if there are fingers to be pointed? Cause it's, it seems beyond the point where you can be like, ah, that individual player made a shitty play and that's why we gave up the lead. It's like a, it's an epidemic in a way for them. What are, what are your guys thoughts? Yeah. I feel like uh, I think I want to say it was Sean asked us a question like a few weeks into the season about giving up late goals, I want to say, and, and whether that was like a, an issue to be concerned about. And I was like, nah, it's, it's fine. It's not going to stay like this forever. Like, I think it might've been empty netters at the time, but I was like, you know, it's, it's, we're going to regress back to the mean at some point. And I think God might be spiting me for that now. Cause what has it been now? Six straight games to overtime, seven out of eight. And I, it feels like all of them have included late blown leads which are not going the Bruins way. There's kind of two ways to look at it. On one hand, it's like, yeah, they keep blowing leads and that's, that's obviously bad. On the other hand, if you're 
especially on a West Coast trip, you are getting points out of all these games and the flawed NHL point system where you get half as much for losing in overtime as you do for just outright winning. It's not like it's really hurting them in the standings. Like, I feel like a lot, I've seen a lot of people who have been like, oh, my God, they lost all these games in overtime. And they're still in first place. Like, how is that like, the thing? That's kind of how it's a thing. Um, I will need to reevaluate my take that they're just going to regress back to the mean because it seems like the, the evidence is pointing elsewhere right now. Um, that being said, I also would urge some caution. It's probably not as bad as it looks. At some point, it is kind of a coin flip in overtime. You know, the, the statistical anomalies like this do happen from time to time. Um, and the, the certain corner of Bruins Twitter that I've seen calling for Jim Montgomery's head mm-hmm. might have drank from the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. I think we got to take the wider context of a team that's still in first place and, and in a playoff spot after losing their top two generational centers. So um, obviously concerning at this point, but if it would be crazy to, to make any rash decisions, um, I would think off based off that. I got a couple of takes here. Um, one take is that consistently making your East Coast based fan base stay up starting from 10 p.m. and then going through overtime and shootouts and then ultimately losing is objectively funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to hand it to him there. Uh, I think really making the people who decide, all right, I'm not even going to try on this one and just going to bed, uh, look smart. Um, and then my other take is that there isn't three on three overtime in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's not something you necessarily have to worry about, but you do have to worry about finishing games, you know, closing out third period leads and winning in five on five overtimes. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence here. I, I think, I think there is a degree of luck to it, but also once you let that get in your head that like, Oh, we're fundamentally broken in this situation, it does kind of become a, a, a mental block and an identity of the team. And as much as the guys in the room are going to deny it, it's hard to just totally block that out. So yeah, that's not the vibes that you want to carry into the playoffs. Uh, luckily, they got some time left to expunge those demons. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I will mention, uh, well, Cam, you mentioned the uh, how they're still atop the standings and all. Um, but the other teams have kind of closed in during this time. Uh, the Panthers are now within two. This is February 27th. So as of this morning, well, this is released, who knows, and uh, May, but uh, Florida's back by two points. Uh, then they have two games in hand. Uh, Toronto's back eight points, but they have three games in hand. So if they win those three, they're within two points. Um, so it they're they're it felt like very comfortably that they're in the lead and not like necessarily a given they're going to win this division. Uh, but like it, they had it, it, their fate was in their hands, right? Like they had control over that situation, and now they're in a situation where they got to see what other teams do. Um, I'll also mention just cause I have all these stats and a word duck. Cause <laughs> I wrote an article about it. Um, 
the record for the Bruins franchise record is 16 overtime losses in a season. That was in 05, 06. Uh, the NHL record is 18 overtime losses in a season. Uh, Tampa Bay did it in 08, 09. Panthers in 11, 12. Uh, New Jersey in 13, 14. And the Flyers did it in 2014, 15. Uh, the Panthers made the playoffs that year uh, with 18 overtime losses. But I feel like once you get above, like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, I feel like there's not a lot of teams that make the playoffs with that. Um, but I will say, yeah, it's good they're getting points still out of it. It's better than having a collapse and losing in regulation. Um, but yeah, they got to figure it out because this isn't sustainable in the playoffs where you're giving up late leads. Um, but hopefully also, like the caveat with the playoffs too is, you know, if it, it's so intense that it's almost like, I don't know. It's the mind frame to finish the job every single game. I think you go in with that. Whereas, I mean, I don't know for sure. You can't really call them out for being like too relaxed or just like, you know, nonchalant when they have a third period lead or something. But if that were a factor in any of those overtime losses and such, then I feel like that's not going to be there. But yeah. They need to. Oh, uh, Montgomery said the other day they don't have a killer instinct right now, which is very, very spot on. <laughs> they can't, they can't finish a game for their lives right now. And to your point, Drew, I feel like momentum is such a volatile thing in the playoffs. I mean, think about last year, right? How high the vibes were going into that first round, and and after even those first couple games, and by the time Game Six was wrapping up everybody was like, oh, fuck, we're screwed kind of thing, you know? So as, like, the mindset and the the sort of mentality that Chris had mentioned is definitely present right now, but a few good wins heading into the playoffs or, hell, even a win in game one of the first round, you know what I mean? Like, that dramatically can shift that mindset, too. So um, thankfully, it's late February, not late March, early April at this point, so there's plenty of time to write the shit before then. Um, but even if some of those cracks are still there, I think, you know, it, it is very much a fresh slate come, come postseason hockey as we saw last season. So, um, and also Chris's point, no more three on three overtime and definitely no more shootouts. So, um, two areas where the Bruins have struggled traditionally, I would say, um, not as much of a factor anymore. And also just in general, five on five play, I feel like tends to lend itself more to, disciplined structured teams which the Bruins typically are so um definitely not hitting the panic button but obviously not ideal to be <laughs> blowing games in the third and then losing them in overtime by any means you know what is ideal though true oh what the fact that the Bruce and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings wow Drew, did you know that hockey moves fast but with the DraftKings nope. Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Down the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, new customers can bet just $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www 
1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Drew, your favorite part. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks in the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. We did it. We got to get the old uh, Bruins PA announcer to come on and give us a woo. for like, But only after just like the a sound effect. Every, yeah. yeah, only after like, that. Let him join the call, do it, and then kick him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, thanks. We just needed that 10-second yep. recording. Um, What else we want to talk about? Um, we got to fill the air on the other side of the DK ad. Well, it's got to be mid roll. <laughs> I mean, there, there was, uh, I think it was maybe the athletic. Somebody came out with a trade proposal for Noah Hannafin. That's been kind of kicking around. I believe it was Mason Lori, Johnny Beecher. And there was one Laco? other piece. I can't, yeah, it was Loco. Um, what do you guys think about that? Hmm. Uh, I mean, assuming Hannafin's a situation where you can sign him, right? And keep him maybe longer term. Then I'd consider that. that At the beginning of the season, I was like a little bit hesitant to trade Beecher, uh, despite some people talking about, you know, come trade deadline. He could be a piece you can move. Now I'm feeling like you could. Um, Lorai is the only guy that I'm kind of like out of the – youngsters uh, kind of like i really want to see how he pans out just because the bruins currently have a need at defense and i mean hannafin's proven you're pushing for a cup it makes sense um but who the i, I don't know it, it, i'm a little iffy on it but if you can sign hannafin and have him long term at like a decent deal then sure um i don't think we need another guy that's like making the money that mcavoy and uh lindholm are making unfortunately but i don't think we have the cap space for that let alone you know want to pay that but we don't yeah. this year but we do next year yeah. we do have some next year there are there's a lot of players on this team that just aren't coming back like you can already kind of see the writing on the wall there's there's a lot that are going to slip away to free agency but yeah i, I do it but lori is still like a little bit of a concern for me yeah i feel like as far as prospects go the only one that's like really untouchable for me is patra like i i don't want to trade lysel i would hear out the right offer maybe not for hannafin um but patra is the one that's like hey you you know no realistic trade that was probably going to happen i would be okay with letting him go um so if it is beecher um lorai maybe i'd be interested in it um, I, again, the caveat there is that you'd have to be able to sign Hannafin. I want to be on, you know, I don't think this team is worth bringing on a, a rental, um, at least not in that sense, if you're going to give up that much. But um, yeah, I would, I would at least listen. Would they yeah. have to take cap? Would they have to take any of Hannafin's cap? Uh, yeah, I don't I know how much. Because that usually Lock, factors Lock into a deal. Deal like, is, but I think that those three guys together are nowhere near enough to make up the difference. But I think this would be assuming maybe putting uh, 
Lindholm on LTIR. Right, right. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah it's only 574 for cap hit, so that's not doing much for you. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> gauging the reaction from Bruins fans versus non-Bruins fans that I saw on Twitter, uh, looks like maybe that offer is somewhere between the rental cost and the full extension cost. Um, so it doesn't really make sense to me to give that up for a rental. And I think it would be a uh, real light for, you know, a seven, eight year extension um, for Hannafin. I, I think some of that symptomatic of Bruins fans overrating their prospects. Um, Bruins pretty consistently over the last few years have been rated as one of the worst prospect pools in the league. I think the casual Bruins fan overrates, you know, so many young players come through and play a couple of games and, you know, they watch them and fall in love and are like, Oh, this is great. The Bruins have such a great system. And I think maybe the league wide rankings underrate the Bruins a little bit. I don't know enough about the other team's prospect pools to say that but i think johnny beecher like he's fine he's plenty nice he's gonna be an nhl player um i think the upside there is you're hoping he turns into trent frederick um and i mean i think trent frederick's a pretty underrated player in the league maybe that's just me overrating him but um I think if that's your what you're hoping Johnny Beecher turns into, then you know I'm okay giving that guy away for a proven, still young, good two way defenseman um, who just happens, yeah, who just happens to be from the area. Um, and as far as Lorai, I I don't know that like he does have some, some great stick skills and puck skills. And those are things that you like to see from a big defenseman. But so far I haven't seen him use his size in any sort of meaningful way. He is extremely slow skating. And that's something that guys, especially lanky big guys don't develop. Um, he probably will develop better instincts and become a better defensive defenseman over time. But I don't know. We've seen a lot of guys come through the Bruins system and we're like, all right, this is the next guy. Like this is the next Bruins guy. And it's really only happened for a couple of guys. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the average Bruins fan probably overrates the future impact of Mason lower eye. Um, I like him. I think he's fine. I don't think he's ready this year. And I don't even know if he'll be ready next year. He could be the next Jakob Zaborl. Um, Mm. Hopefully not. But, you know, I I think that's a guy that you should be willing to give up um, for a player of the quality. Um, And, I mean, there aren't a lot of other players available. Uh, So... I don't know. Like, well, 
I understand people saying like, yeah, let's wait until next year and, you know, don't go all in this year. Um, doesn't make sense to go all in for a team that doesn't have it, that can't win the cup. But, you know, you're talking about next year is not guaranteed. This year, the Bruins are first in the East right now. We were just talking about that. This is They shouldn't just throw away this year. I feel like, yeah, maybe don't go all in for mid players and try and beef up the middle of the lineup for a team like this. But if you can go for a, you know, for a top tier guy like Noah Hannafin, I would say go for it. And yeah. you have the potential to extend him, especially given, you know, where he's from. I wouldn't overrate mm. that. I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount for a team that he has no loyalty to. But, you know, you have a better chance of extending him if you trade for him. Um, and if you don't trade for him, maybe he ends up on the lightning and gets extended there. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the other hidden equation, part of the equation there. But yeah, I was wrong about Laco, by the way, he's 787, which is still not doing much for you under a mill. Yeah. Um, I, uh, now my only concern with Beecher is you said he, you know, Trent Frederick is a possible comparison potential wise. We won't have three players out of him. John B. and Chur. It doesn't. It's a whole. Now we got to try him. Which one was that? B or Chur? I think that was a Chur kind of play. <laughs> or Cher. Oh, Cher, exactly. <laughs> Pushing Todd Angeli for a job there. Cher but... would have made that play. <laughs> Out of context, she would have had that. Leave <laughs> that share would have made that play. Uh, all right, well, that sounded that sounds good. Unless we got any closing arguments, crickets. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. DraftKings code THPN. Check out our website, bruisingbruins.com, Instagram at bruisingbruins, Twitter at bruisingbruins. Gmail, bruiserbruins at gmail.com. Thanks. Leave us some notes.